0: Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold.
1: Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops. X's and O's NBA Breakdown LA Hoops The Wizards Hoops Analyst At the Buzzer and Lakers Fast Break Plus our coaching focused podcasts Thrive with Trevor Huffman Beyond the Ball The CoachMaze.com Podcast Players Court Bleachers and Boards The Green Light and Courtside Culture Oh and don't forget to check out our flagship The Hoop Heads Podcast hosted by me Mike Cleansing, and my co-host Jason Sunkle featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads. we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com teampricing team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot
0: Hey everybody, welcome back. I am your host, Justin Matcham, and here with me this afternoon slash evening, Amadou So, Dan Kulinski. What is up, Amadou? What is up, Dan? How
2: are you guys doing? Doing great, man. Doing great.
0: Good to hear. Dan, how you been? Uh, Ditto.
2: Yeah? All set. All good.
0: A weird stretch of games uh, over the last three, and we had talked about, you know, these... Being three games that the Cavaliers could and probably should have won at least two of the three, they ended up winning one of the three. They lost to the Bulls in the opener, uh, lost to the Pistons in a really, really ugly fashion 109 105. Then bounced back and really played an outstanding game against the Bulls. 121 uh, 105 victory there, up by 30 at one point. Um, a complete, you know, 180 kind of from what we saw against the Pistons, a game where. They were without Wayne Ellington, Dennis Smith Jr., Jeremy Grant, uh, Rodney Magruder, Corey Joseph, Mason Plumlee, and Sekou uh, Domboya. And Sadiq Bey went for, I believe, six threes in the first quarter. Was it six yeah. or was it five? I
3: think it was six. Um, yeah, Tyler 18, all, all threes.
0: Yeah. Tyler Cook, uh, after we had just talked about him in the previous episode, as a former Cavs two-way, uh, comes out and plays a great game in his first start. Isaiah Stewart looked good. Overall, just a lot of Pistons that looked really, really good and a lot of Pistons that looked really, really bad. But um, I guess, Dan, I'll start with you on this, just kind of talking about you know how we thought this team would do before this three-game stretch as compared to where we are now. Obviously, ending it on a high note, High note. but um, what do you think? What do you think of these three games? What do you take away? Obviously, still hovering around in that just barely kind of outside of the real play-in race. Uh, are you feeling more or less confident now than you were beforehand about their position?
3: Well, with the Prince news, uh, I'm going to say less confident. Um, but it's I, I look at it on glass half full sort of way and that the Cavs were able to get um, in the two games, I, I guess you could say valuable clutch time experience, which uh, with so many young pieces is – is good for them um, as they kind of move into year four of the rebuild and try to kind of, um, I guess, realistically push for the playoffs. I I think next season they they do have a good shot of getting in there, really. Um, But for now, um, in the the short term, it's good to get games like this. Um, Obviously, the Detroit game was a massive letdown. Uh, I I really thought that when they were going to cruise, I I thought that was kind of going to just be – A penciled in W. I I thought Detroit was going to scrap a little bit. I thought in the first half they'd kind of um, hang around, but I thought the Cavs would pull away. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Um, But they could have laid down. Um, They didn't do that, which I I guess is a positive. And then um, you you still see these bad quarters with them on the Chicago game. The first one, there was that awful third quarter. Um, But I think the key takeaway is Sexton continues to do what he does game to game. Uh, Just I I really can't say anything better about him, um, what he's been able to do. And then with Garland, I've been continually impressed with how he's been able to um, kind of manage playmaking and getting uh, stuff for himself has shown viability off the ball. Um and actually, Colin Sexton's cutting is, is kind of been a, a key positive too, and also Garland's off-ball um, defensive feel has popped.
0: Yeah, Colin obviously you know continuing to play well through this stretch he had twenty two in the Bulls against them the first game uh, against the Pistons did put up another solid stat line twenty eight points on another efficient shooting night had four assists seven rebounds and then again thirty points on seventeen of eleven or. Er, 11 of 17, sorry, shooting. Uh, 3 for 5 from 3, 5 for 6 from the line. Had 7 assists in that game. Uh, like you said, just really, really solid play from him. Uh, the cutting, like you said, has, has been there. I want to talk a little bit more about Darius Garland, though. Someone who, as we were kind of talking about, is, is kind of... It seemed like Sexton had his time kind of earlier on in the season where I think he was on a Low Post podcast and... Um, just kind of seemed to be making his way through the national media cycle, uh, kind of when he still had a little bit of all-star buzz. Uh, we're kind of getting that with Darius Garland right now. Um, again, also, it was on J.J.
3: Reddick's podcast. Is a, he was like, on J.J.'s semi, podcast, Semi-recently.
0: He was, yeah. But uh, Darius kind of seems to be getting that. I don't know if it's that, to that degree, but seems to really be kind of getting some national attention right now. Uh, obviously, in this recent game against the Bulls, in the win, had 25 points, 4 assists. Um, you know, had had twenty three and six against the Pistons, twenty two and twelve against the Bulls in the you know the, the first game of the two, first game of the three. If you look at all of them together, but obviously, um, Colin was actually on the Low Post podcast. Darius was just talked about there, but um, I, and obviously as well, you know, being the youngest Cavalier or the quickest player in Cavalier history to to reach. Uh, was it 200 threes I believe so um, what do you make of of Darius's Amadou consistent play as of late Um, obviously just continuing to kind of look better and better every night throughout the year Um, what do you kind of make of that and just kind of the the, the 180 from the Pistons game to the Bulls game uh, here in this last stretch
2: yeah um, his play has been great you know he looks like he's becoming more comfortable and like Dan said he's looking to facilitate for others while looking to create for his own. Uh, just talking about the 180, I just love that, you know, he has that short-term memory, you know, especially for guards. That's a great thing to have. You know, he doesn't get too much into his mind, it seems like now, whereas last season we've seen him sometimes, you know, where things maybe didn't go too well for him. You know, he'd become timid, not look for the ball as much. I do like that from him, gaining that confidence, continuing to get comfortable, especially for a point guard, a young point guard at like that. It's it's definitely great to see.
0: Dan, what did you make of uh, Greg Buckner getting his first start here against the Bulls? Um, obviously JB was announced kind of later on or not you know not too early, I don't know what I'm working for, but before the game JB was announced that he would not be coaching uh, due to personal reasons in this game. Greg Buckner steps in. Uh, seems like he did you know as good of a job as he could have. Uh, I've seen plenty of people on Twitter already saying that he should be the permanent coach. Which is funny, and we're not even going to get into that. But uh, what did you think of you know him being on the sideline? What do you think was different? I think the energy of just kind of playing for a new coach and trying to get him his first win, in his first career you know head coaching game. What did you think of his performance on the sideline?
3: Thought he did fine. Um, I, I thought at times uh, one, one of our contributors, John, uh, I think, one well, of um kind of touched it kind of gave him a little bit of criticism based on I think it was kind of like in the second quarter when the bulls kind of made some of a run um kind of had uh sex land out for I don't remember the exact stretch but kind of a more extended stretch uh in they kind of cut into the cut into things a little bit. Um, the offense was bogging down a little bit um, due to lack of um, penetration. But I'm not going to grill him for that. That's it's just ebbs of flows of the games uh, that's going to happen. But thought he did fine. Um, what, what's what's there really to say in that regard? But um, I, I hope JB everything's all good with him. But. Uh, Buckner seems like he – well, frankly, he was he was a defensive guy um, when he played. So um, I, I thought some of it is the Cavs just kind of came out like they're um, – somebody lit a fire under him a little bit. I think they were honestly just kind of pissed more so than anything from the Detroit game. I think that's definitely fair. Um, really
0: just kind of came out with no energy against Detroit and did just look completely dead. Obviously, Sadiq Bey, you know, hitting – Shot after shot didn't help with them kind of being stuck in the mud at first. But, yeah, completely, like you said, 180 here uh, against the Bulls. Um, It seemed like everybody, you know, really played. There were a couple guys who had played well against the Pistons. But regardless, um, I thought Jared Allen looked a lot better in this game. And obviously, he's still been working his way back from a concussion as well. Um, And he had said, I think before the Chicago game after the Detroit game that since his concussion he had felt you know a step behind on the defensive end and I think that was pretty obvious when you watched that uh, he just wasn't fully up to speed um, Larry obviously I think he missed some time in this stretch as well did he miss he missed one of these games didn't he did he miss the Detroit, he missed, you know, yeah, Detroit, Detroit game.
2: the Detroit game yeah yeah
0: he did miss the Detroit game obviously he's been working his way back <laughs> from this illness and he had struggled for a time there as well I think he looked a lot better. Uh, against the Bulls as well. Let's see what it was. He shot four for seven from the field, two for five from three, ended up with 10 points and four rebounds. Uh, And just kind of, again, seemed to be a little bit more lively out there than he was um, making plays on, you know, both ends of the floor. He he just seemed a little bit more involved in what was going on than in the past. Uh, Focusing on those two guys in particular, Amadou, Jared Allen and Larry Nance, Um, at this point, do you think that, you know, they're both kind of back from the, injury slash illnesses that they had, you know, suffered. Do you think that the play that we saw last game is, is kind of in the energy level. Do you think that that's here to stay at this point?
2: Um, Maybe I'm not too sure. Like, like you talked about, um, just getting the coach that first one kind of lit far fire under anybody. So I feel like that probably played into it, but I'm glad to see that they're looking to progress or they just are progressing to become, you know, back to what they were pre-injury for both these guys. I feel like that's, that's, you know, that's what matter most right now, but hopefully this play continues. I mean, you know, it's a, a next stretch of games, we you know, in May, it's going to be tough, so we're going to need both of them to be at 100 um, and to play at how they're playing before their injuries, like I said.
0: Yeah, and, and especially with uh, Tari and Prince, who we'll get to here in a minute, being out, uh, it's, it's going to be really important for a guy, especially like like Larry Nance, to step up and be able to play some heavy minutes in that kind of 3-4 slash role. Um, and we can talk about other guys in here in a minute, too. But Tarian Prince, uh, like we had mentioned earlier, um, is out for the rest of the season at this point with a season-ending ankle surgery. Uh, we knew this was coming. We didn't know it was coming so soon. But, um, yeah, he played last night. Obviously, uh, we, one would have to assume that he just doesn't feel like he can you know, keep playing um, on that and has opted for that. Uh, good news with this is just with the fact that he's doing it so early, um, one would assume that, you know, at this point he will be, f- he will make a full recovery and, uh, will be back, you know, at full health to start next season, which is a positive. Um, but in the short term, they're definitely going to miss what he brings. Uh, again, has been playing really, really well over this last little stretch and seemed like, you know, maybe there was some optimism that he was feeling better, um, coming off of the shoulder and ankle injuries. Um, Dan, what have you made of just the play of Tarian lately? And um, how do you think, I, I guess, you know, we'll get to kind of the rotation here in a minute, but how do you think that second unit is going to function without his offense?
3: Uh, they're going to miss it. Um, period point blank uh, his shot creation um, it, it looked like it was coming along really uh, looked better um, it seemed to have more feel out there for uh, getting to his spots I, I've always said um, he's he when he's really like on um, and engaged and, and I, I thought looked healthier obviously we knew that it was probably going to be the case uh, eventually for that ankle but Based on how he's looked recently, um, he's sneaky good, kind of like in a phone booth, as I like to put it. Um, you kind of make space when there's nothing there. Um, kind of that, um, Amu's touched on many times, is kind of like that late clock bailout option guy, um, both on and off off ball. Um, they're going to miss that, uh, especially uh, his ability to create out of the pick and roll. Um, I thought his playmaking actually was kind of underrated. I thought it um, was a Pretty good ball mover as well, um, even though his assist totals really weren't high. Um, always seemed, if there was an extra pass, would would make it or, or maybe fake that pass and then get into a shot. They're going to miss kind of that veteran savvy, um, but we'll have to see um, next man up, so to speak. Um, and I, it's, it's just too bad because he was really starting to uh, kind of assert his will, I thought. I agree. And you, you mentioned the passing. It definitely was something there. Not again, not
0: a high assist total guy, but just a solid ball mover, like someone who made the right reads and right decisions. A lot of the time, uh, I thought it was a good loud thrower too. Um, we had seen some flashes of that, you know, where he can penetrate and kind of, again, just make the right decision and throw that up. And, you know, it w- was capable of making accurate passes there as well. Um,
3: and also as uh, the six, seven plus, uh, Thing adds for like a from a vision standpoint too.
0: It definitely does, and you know, again, it,
3: all of these things will
0: definitely be missed the rest of the season. You know, especially considering the fact that um, Dylan Windler. I guess we can talk about not too a little bit. Uh, also, Dylan Windler. I mean, he was out of the rotation by the time you know that he had gotten, or I guess was was held out of the lineup due to his knee soreness. Um, we also got the news uh, these last couple days that Dylan Windler was is having surgery on his knee. And will be out indefinitely. I take that to mean that he's probably out the rest of the season at this point. Uh, I, I just, I personally don't really see any point to trying to reintroduce him. You know, so well, later season.
3: Also reported, like later on in the day, that he's likely to be out. I think expected to be out through summer league. Even oh, really? Well, then yeah.
0: take so. that. Yeah, you know, take that out of the consideration. that he's he's done for the season. Um, so all of a sudden, the wing rotation has thinned out a little bit here. And obviously, like we said, um Dylan was already kind of out of the rotation. Uh but there's definitely a big hole there now with Tarion out. Um obviously we uh, interesting development. Dean Wade has been kind of in and out of the rotation here as of late. Um yeah, he's played fine when he's been in there, but you know, I got, I think got 17, 18 minutes against the Pistons, got it in garbage time against the Bulls in the last game. Uh but it seems like, you know, he We'll probably see, you know, his share of minutes again moving forward. But Amadou, what do you think that the rotation on the wing looks like now with that kind of player out? Obviously, there are guys like Jetty who has been completely out of the rotation as of late, didn't even get in in garbage time against Chicago. Um, you still have Lamar Stevens on the bench who, you know, continues to make plays and spurs when he gets in there.
2: How do you think this wing rotation shakes out? Yeah, um, I think – Probably the first step will probably be we'll see more and more of Larry Nance at the three now. Um I feel like that's that's just an obvious move. Um Jetty would, you know, I, I expect him to get reasserted into the rotation. Um whether that's, you know, a good thing or not is yet to be seen. Um uh Project Thomas, I feel like it makes perfect sense for him to get some minutes as you know, Torian Prince was sort of that shot creator off the bench for us. We're gonna be missing that from him and Broderick Thomas is probably the second man that can do that off the bench. So expect him to get some minutes, Lamar Stevens as well. So I'm just happy that, you know, some young guys um, will probably see more minutes now. Um, obviously, when we got healthy, guys like Lamar Stevens and Project Thomas, they weren't seeing any minutes weren't just garbage time minutes, you know, just because there just wasn't many minutes to go around. So seeing them get opportunities once again is going to be great.
0: It'll be interesting to see if they can get a guy like Project Thomas in here based on an injury like this. Um, I think that Dean will kind of go back to having that consistent role in the rotation. And, you know, putting Larry back in there did kind of limit his role. But I think, you know, even when we've had, like, Larry Nance and Dean on the floor, for example, together, um, Dean Wade has almost been taking more of the perimeter assignments, you know, on defense and, and guarding, I guess, technically playing the three out of the two of them, and Larry has been playing more of the four, maybe that's, again, just kind of allowing Larry to get back up to the speed of the game. And maybe that changes as the season goes on. But I I personally feel like Dean will be the guy who kind of gets his share of minutes back that he had before. Um, Past that, you got to think it's probably Jetty. Again, just because you you need someone who's able to kind of play the small forward, I feel like. Um, Which, you you can run some three-guard lineups and get Broderick in there. Uh, But it'll be seen, you know, how much they actually do that. And I I just think they're going to kind of need Jetty's shooting. I hate saying that uh, because we don't know what Jetty's shooting is going to be. But I think it's just going to kind of be banking on, you know, hoping that he will be able to to contribute something. I think especially him having this stretch where he hasn't played at all. uh, Maybe that's been some sort of chance for Jetty to reflect and, and break out of whatever funk he's been in. I don't know. It probably doesn't but we can hope. Uh, what is your take on this, Dan, and just how, how they'll, they'll figure this out as far as the minute share?
3: Yeah, I, I just I think it'll probably end up being Wade. Um, I, I think we'll probably see some stretches with uh, Wade and Nance um, kind of as that jumbo three type guy. Um, and with Prince, plenty of his minutes. Well, granted, they were due to injury, but um had – his share of minutes, um, I I don't remember the exact percentage at the four anyway, Um, but with Wade, I think with him kind of proving to be viable um, in plenty of stretches, um, I I would think that's a guy that definitely does, and and or Nance. I think it'll be mostly those two. I I still don't think Jetty's going to get many minutes, frankly. It'll be
0: interesting to see um, what, what do you make of the Windler situation at this point, Dan? Um, <laughs> obviously, it seemed like almost just another lost season for him, uh, dealing with multiple injuries again. Uh, the, the shot struggling. Where do you? How do you kind of assess this season for Dylan? And I guess what what do you what do you expect from him at next season at this point in time?
3: Yeah, I just think it's pretty clear. Um, there, It's just an unknown now um, if he can't stay healthy for considerable stretches. Uh, I, I actually liked what I saw from this year. And in kind of like the off-ball cutting feel, I thought finishing was pretty good. Um, with both hands, I thought his rebounding was a key, key positive. Um, I think he had like seven and a half rebounds per 36, something in that realm. That was impressive to me. Uh, we saw uh, there were ups and downs um, as a catch and shoot guy. Um, I, I thought showed flashes off, plenty of flashes off movement, which was good. Um, but it's, uh, I, the, I, I thought there'd be more pull up ability than there was really didn't see that. Uh, I thought that was disappointing. Um, but, I thought his push shot feel was pretty good. We didn't see a ton of it, but I think that's something to build on for him. Uh, showed kind of ball movement feel, which was good too. Uh, defensively, was generally positionally sound. <laughs> um, had some issues kind of closing out to shooters at times. I, I thought that was – a little bit odd, frankly, but that, that happens with the young players, especially when you have to get it through off-ball stuff. I, I can't blame him for that. Um, but I, I thought his feel there was good, better than I thought it would have been. Uh, but I, I just think it's pretty clear that he probably won't get that fourth-year option picked up. You just wouldn't think at this point that that's going to happen. Uh, just from an objective uh, standpoint it's it's just hard to see that um, especially with how the Cavs could very well draft another wing you would think and it, it's just hard to uh, really see how he's gonna fit in uh, moving forward I, I I could be wrong but I would think by the deadline next year I think he could very well be moved in a package you would you would think it'll definitely be interesting in, in bringing up
0: that that fourth year team option uh, I'm actually going to disagree with you at this point in time uh being that it's only four million um I'm not gonna say you know firmly that it will get picked up but I think being as cheap as it is uh it, it's reasonable to think that the Cavaliers could just try and pick that up and
1: Hope well, that they, you know, he can show some real a
0: less,
3: a less one with Ante Zizic, didn't they? Or what was it, like 3.8 or something? Yes, that is true. But I also think that he had is, less injury issues.
0: The thing with, with Dylan is, I just don't know if we've seen what he's going to be. I feel like we knew what Ante was at that point. Uh, and the thing is, if Dylan comes out next year and has a healthy season uh, and plays great. That's a big if, though. It Huge is, if. but like, let's say that he does like come I out and show happens, to be like but... a quality player, the Cavaliers wouldn't be able to re-sign him for more than that team option amount. So, like, if if somebody comes out and offers him five million, the Cavs basically can't match that because they couldn't pay him more than the exact number is four million thirty seven thousand two hundred seventy eight dollars. So, I don't know. I, I think the fact that you know it's not a big cap hit, the fact it, it's basically four million dollars. Uh, I, I think th- that would be a risk worth taking, assuming that like you know they don't make some other big move to where, you know you know well, things change as far as you know who could be in the wing rotation. It, we'll have to well, see you know what offseason acquisitions are made.
3: I, I'm just thinking it's it's not so much the compensation; it's more just the lack of certainty, complete lack of certainty. A and B, it's the roster spot. That's that's all I'm thinking.
0: Well, the roster spot. I don't know if I mean. He's under contract, guaranteed next season. Anyway, the roster spot a season from then. I, I I don't know if it's going to be. Like, yeah, I don't I'm know if you are going to be conserving like, that roster spot that far ahead,
3: especially well, if you I'm, haven't even seen him play. Well, the it, third it's game. just like just whether it's just like can he actually at all be like have a consistent role to game to game? I just think with them, it's like I can't blame them if they wouldn't if they didn't end up picking up. Factoring in, no, could also no. get you it. I am thinking if you because. They would seem to have a real possibility of getting another wing. That's just that, what and I think. Yeah.
0: We, we, we'll have to see what happens this offseason. But I think you could go either way right now. Uh, Amadou, how confident are you in Dylan Wendler's ability to stay healthy at this point? Obviously, um, I mean, one thing you can say is that all these injuries have been unrelated. Uh, obviously, A stress fracture this first go around from, you know, whatever overuse in the offseason uh, a freak injury really that could have happened to anybody uh, with that, that wrist fracture. But again, it, it is really troubling to see this knee issue now and just the, the long-term injuries, you know, to, ignoring how, you know, how these injuries are happening. They are starting to pile up now. Um, do you think that Dylan Windler will be able to get healthy for an entire season at any point?
2: Um, I'm not too sure, honestly, because personally, Not even personally, just the Dylan that we thought we were going to draft was just going to be like a three point specialist. And obviously, we see him to do more than that. You know, he's been able to play, you know, pretty solid defense. You know, he's done more on ball roll than maybe a lot of people thought he would have. But I'm just not sure if, I I don't want to say if injuries are going to continue to pile up because, like you said, these injuries have been very, very unfortunate. You know, the first one being from just, you know, overworking him and the second one being basically a, a freak accident. But, it's gonna to be tough for him. I mean, you talk about a guy who's already he's turning twenty-five in September. Um, it's 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 gonna to be tough. That the 2019 draft, man, we're lucky because of uh, of Garland because it's, it's slowly but surely starting to look more and more bleak, especially considering the fact that, you know, Calden Johnson was our guy. And um Calvin Johnson has been playing extremely well for the Spurs. Obviously, we passing him to to take Dylan Miller because, you know. We thought that the Warriors or the Warriors were set to have wanted to take Windler and we didn't want to let the Warriors get them. I don't know, whatever, but yeah. Yeah, it
0: it definitely doesn't mm-hmm. look good now that Shams reported that the Cavaliers were taking Keldon Johnson in that draft yeah, yeah. at the time. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you think that and obviously, you know, Dylan Windler's fourth year option will be picked up or, you know, declined before next season even starts. But what do you think Dylan Windler will have to show next year to like Prove that he deserves to be with this team long-term.
2: Honestly, it's literally just a shooting, in my opinion. I feel like everything else that he's shown is, is just a plus at this point, you know? Like I said, he was drafted to be mainly a three-point specialist, and he hasn't even showed that. He's had that, you know, one spurt, you know? We hit, where he hit, like,
0: nine straight. yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was good. So, I mean, if he can just, you know, continue to show us that not even – he doesn't have to be, like, you know, an elite three-point. I'm not talking about the Joe Harrises of the world. I'm talking maybe, like – I don't even know what a good example is. but Just a nice, make, respectable 36%, 37% 37. shooter. Mm-hmm. Continue to, to you know, show something on the ball. I just, you know, and it's just all about consistency at the end of the day, too. You know, like that spurt that we said he had um against Philly after that, you know, it was sort of rock bottom. I think he went all of, what, what was it that next game? I'm, I'm not too sure, but just continue to show consistency. And I feel like, you know, I think it was his option to be picked up.
0: And obviously, I think Fyodor has hit on, on this a lot, um, both on his podcast and through his writing. But it is it is hard for a guy like Bindler to actually work on his game and work on these, you know, kind of issues when he is always just trying to come back from issues and you know work on recovery. Uh, it can be hard to focus on both things, especially when you have you know such an odd shooting year that he had. It, it'd be nice for him to just have a complete offseason to focus just on that, but that obviously isn't the case. Uh, I but I, I, I am with you.
2: What were you saying? Yeah, if he can literally be like Dean Wade, I feel like he's often be picked up.
0: Yeah, I'm, and again, I think it will just come down to the uh, the ability to shoot the ball. Um, and Dan, you had said that you know the 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 the, the shooting off movement definitely wasn't really there. Uh, I, I don't know what to make of the situation right now. It's just simply because. <laughs> And, and we had talked about this throughout the season. We've talked about it with him. We've talked about it with Damian Dotson. I just don't understand how someone who, is such a good, who was such a good shooter just completely goes ice cold and stays that way the rest of their career. Um, I have to have some hope that he'll turn this around. I just I, I don't understand it right now.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't either. He was one of nine in his last, what, seven games active before – before, like, going on the shelf, if you will. Um, that's, I mean, from three. And I, I really don't have an answer for it. Uh, it's He had plenty of good looks. I mean, for his, I guess, somewhat, I guess, like, eh, the Cavs, his, of the Cav, Cavs playmaking was with him. Um, did get plenty of good looks. And, and I thought his chemistry with, like, honestly, like, with Jared Allen and or in some instances with Larry Nance actually was good in, in kind of getting him those sort of looks. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, as you hit on with what Fedor said, it's, it's just kind of hard to gauge what kind of rhythm he's going to have. Uh, because with him, it, it, so much focus is uh, I guess so little focus has been able to kind of work on his game. Uh, it's just hard to say, and it's not a guy that, to me, is – I think he can do a lot more than just shoot. Frankly, I, I think there's a lot more there, but you're not going to be able to work on that other stuff in addition to all this recovery stuff. It's just a lot to – just a lot to unpack, and I, I just didn't think – there was just no history of injuries coming in. Um, I, I, I had really high expectations for Wendler, frankly. I thought he would have been – I didn't think he was going to be a starter really, Um, but I I had high expectations. I thought he was going to be, frankly, a knockdown guy because I I saw a lot of them in college. Uh, I don't really know why. I just always saw a lot of them. Um, And just the way Belmont plays offense, they've always been a fun team to to watch to me, kind of one of those mid-majors that just move it really well and have a uh, fun offense to see. I thought he would have really been a key guy for us. Um, And it's just hard to see if he... I, I don't really see him being a long term piece at this point. I can't, I can't bet on that. Um, really, it's just gut feeling. I, I hope I'm wrong because I, I really like what he brings in other areas as well. Um, but at the end of the day, the, shoot, there's not a rule for him. Uh, well, that's the problem, and they're just they're not going to gauge enough or have enough usage for him. Kind of in those other areas. Um, Factor in the other guy to come in this draft. Uh, potentially, maybe like a guy like Patty Mills in the off season. Uh, it's it's hard to say, and the only issue is he he is a thinner one ninety six at six six. That is the problem. I was and, just going to mention that as well. Yeah, and that that's the issue. He and the problem is how much weight is he going to be able to really put on? Just coming back from all this stuff, I, I don't even know if he'll really be able to put on good weight at all. Is the issue, a, but I, that, I think that, that a, is, yeah. That's a I, paramount thing. Like, honestly, I think he needs to gain 20 pounds. Legitimately, gonna, tw- like yeah. a real 20. That's that's the only way to me. Like, I I didn't think he was going to be, I, I obviously didn't think he was going to be Kevin Herder coming out, but, and that's not just because he has red hair, but I, there's a lot of similar abilities in college that you saw. And... i and didn't have close to the talent around him at Belmont that Herter had in terms of like rollers and guys to play off of. Um, and I, it, it's just too bad. I thought that there was a lot of similarities with him and, and Herter, frankly, but Herder is her did get, get noticeably stronger this pat, like coming into this past season, it's paid off. Um, he's still a guy that does have some like nicks and Crank, uh, nicks here and there, but um, just, it's been really disappointing. and I feel bad for him, really. Yeah, and you mentioned just the weight. Um, definitely
0: a very thin guy. Uh, and I think we even – we mentioned, you know, some of the other things that he does. Well, I think that Dylan Windler is like a sound positional defender, but – He's not a guy that you can trust to really guard bigger wings and fours just
3: because he is so thin and no. he got overpowered oh, absolutely regularly. absolutely not any fours, no. No. He, he just gets it, overpowered. It's, it, yeah, it's not that the positional feel isn't there. Like, he actually – some like, he'll actually deny some entry passes at times when he's kind of switched the kind of cross-matching. Actually holds – like, the feel is there, and he's such a good rebounder. Um, but, yeah, you just – the way – unfortunately he's had the injury issues like he, you can't you can't take those risks at all that's the problem and obviously
0: you know having the the weight would help him with rebounding as well It'd help him box out it help him just kind of carve out position down there so at the end of the day like like you had said earlier amadou i think if he can just figure the shot out and the shot alone uh, to be just a respectable three-point shooter next year, like, I think he will be okay. I think he will have enough time. I think he's far enough along in the other areas of his game, even at a later age, to where if the shot can be figured out by the start of next season, I do truly think that he'll be okay. But um, <sighs> it's interesting. It's a story that we'll continue to monitor, I guess, you know, I mean, throughout the offseason. Just, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll hear updates about his recovery here and there. But definitely not a great time for Dylan Windler right now. Um, we'll move on, though. We'll move on. We'll talk a little bit about Fiondo Cavangale, who we haven't seen a ton of, uh, other than the one game early on where he, he did get a little bit of extended run. But um, he did earn a second 10 day contract with the Cavs. Um, like I said, he, he's been mostly a garbage time minute guy. Uh, definitely does look very raw when he's out there. Uh, if nothing else, hit two free throws against the Bulls. On uh, his in his three minutes played, um, I don't know, Amadu. What do you make of what we've seen from from Fiandu at this point? And obviously, I think positionally, you know, he he serves as a valuable depth piece in a position that you know we don't have really any other depth. Um, do you like Fiandu's chances to make this roster after this ten day?
2: Um not too sure. Uh, yeah, I, I I I don't I. I honestly don't see it. I thought, honestly, they would have just let him walk after that first 10-day, just because, obviously, we've gotten healthier and stuff now. They did, not they signed him to another one. I think, I mean, barring, you know, any unforeseen injury, I think he'll still continue just maybe get some garbage times, minutes here and there. And we just signed um, Jeremiah Martin to that two-way contract. So, at this point, I I personally don't see it. Um, And it's not really much to take from the, the limited amount of time he's played either way. It's not really much, so... I, I, don't, I don't
0: know. Yeah, I was going to mention that um, if Fiondu were to make this roster, it would have to be on the main roster because the Cavaliers, we'll talk about in a minute, did sign Jeremiah Martin to, to a contract. Um, so that spot has been filled. It would have to be a full-time roster spot. Uh, I was kind of with you on the same thing, Amadou, where I kind of just thought you know we would let Fiondu go after that first 10-day. Um, but at this point, they've signed him to a second one. Obviously, they see something there. Um Dan, what do you make of the situation? Um <laughs> like I said, it, it, it seems like it, the fact that he yeah, got well, a second ten day clearly says that they have some sort of
3: interest in him. Do you think uh, that you
0: know he has I'm a real so, shot I'm to sorry, make this game?
3: I'm sorry, I missed like those last probably like four sentences you said.
0: Oh, did you? Okay, can you hear me now?
3: Yes, I can hear you now.
0: Okay. Basically what I was saying is um I, I was kind of with Amadou as far as I didn't think that Fiondu would be on this team past that first 10-day. Uh, clearly, he just hasn't played very much. But um, at this point, it seems like the Cavaliers clearly have some interest in him. You know, they wouldn't have kept him around if they didn't. Um, for that reason alone, do you, th- what do you what do you think the odds are that
3: uh, Fiondu sticks on this roster? Uh, I think zero. Um, I, I think the, zero, the really? issue is, yeah, I think zero. Um, I'm not trying to be harsh, but... The Cavs have their share of bigs, and the problem is with Cabin Gelly, He's kind of a, um, just the complete lack of like lateral quickness. Like he's not even laterally quick enough to be like viable in some four minutes. That's the problem, uh, and he's not. Uh, I the, like the wingspan is there to be a f- to play five. Like I. I I really like the signing. Like we we've hit on this on a number of podcasts. Like initially, I thought it was a good flyer, but we just don't really know. Um, and the problem is, just he's kind of like Hardy. Like the following is just a real issue. Like whenever he gets any real minutes, um, that was an issue really at Florida State too. That was the other problem. And but I think the key with him is just the potential stretch big stuff. That's the real thing. Is Offensively, like the, the pick and pop, like you see some five, like some flashes there. Um, shot sub thirty three percent in his G League run last year, but did take six threes a game. Like that's a lot. Um, so at least it there was some viability there. I think he shot pretty well from the free throw line too. I think offensively um, at the five, I think that's kind of where you're you're looking at for the promise. Um, but defensively, not just like, the, he's, he, he plays really hard inside and, and is going to test shot, contest shots hard. Um, but offensively, there's just not – there's some touch here and there, but um, more of like a roller kind of like – but not like a great lob threat is the problem um, because there's just not enough kind of feel in terms of being able to run like – in that regard, um, to time up, time it up as much. Where with like Hartenstein, you see it more. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really see the Cavs really wanting to keep him around because I I would think there's they'd want to have Hartenstein be around much more. And I just I don't really know if Captain Gilly can really be uh, a viable four like at all whatsoever. I, I didn't think that would be the case earlier, but it's it's just not great. Um, and there's not really, like, he, he does provide some, like, room protection-ish presence, but it's not enough where it's really tangible. It's not, like, going to, like, deter drivers, necessarily. Um, but if if the pick-and-pop stuff were to come about, if, if, like, he were to go down to Canton, maybe, that'd be fine. i get that. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see... I don't know why the Cavs would give him a real roster spot. This just wouldn't make any sense, like other than the ten day stuff.
0: Well, I was going to ask you. Obviously, like they, they've given him the second ten day. Why right. do you think that is? If he has a super uh, I don't have do you think for it's just you. kind of kind of keep him around the system? Because I mean, yeah, clearly I the Cavaliers see something there. They're, they have a
3: reason for doing it. What do you think it is? I, I think it's because they would want to maybe send him down to Canton um, to further develop. Because. Then, like, next next season, there really actually will be, like, a real G League season. I think that's kind of what maybe they're getting at. Like an, a, a training camp guy to potentially – Yeah, that. That, that's – I think it's just, like, allowing him to be comfortable within the system and kind of get their hands on him to see um, – have a guy if they can have in the offseason to really work with more. Um, I, but I, I don't know if they – well, here's I, the I thing. Really, then. I don't really see them like signing him, though. I guess I, it's hard to say. I say if you want to work with them in the offseason, and the thing to do, yeah. would be give him a rest of season contract. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I guess at this point, yeah, they're they're not giving him the standard deal. I don't see. I, I, frankly, I don't see why they would.
0: I don't know. I'm not going to say
3: I'm completely out on it, and again, I'm not I, I don't completely really heavily any... out. But for the Cavs themselves, I, I just. Well, that's what uh, I'm because saying. Like, of, for the Cavs because themselves, Allen, I'm not you have, uh, like you, you, it. They have to do what they have to do to keep Hardenstein around. I, I, and I think I, they, they will. I, I really think they will, and I just I don't see how Kevin Gelly fits in because he really can't be on the floor with either of them. Like,
0: well, He all. fits in as just a third center injury insurance for the rest of the season that's making $300,000. I mean, it's not like you're going to have to commit a ton other than a roster spot, and I think – like I said, I don't. I have not seen much of anything so you're saying from him.
3: That you think that he would like? Is there any potential that he'd stick around? Like in the like, would he be on their team in summer league? Is is what I'm asking? I guess. Sure. Yeah, I think he could be. A, so you think a guy that they, that they should, just keep in you their think that They should give him a, a standard deal. Here's what I don't. I don't even know that they I, I should. I personally don't.
0: But I don't think that they should. But just looking at it from their point of view. Um, like I said, the only reason that I even think that it's a, a real chance is because they gave him another ten day. Like they clearly have interest in the guy. The, a thing that I could see happening is,
3: I just I him, thought that they would have done it with Quinn Cook a lot more than
0: Fiondu. Well, Fiondu plays. I mean, Fiondu is yeah, a big on a team that could use a third kind of
3: center guy, and he's also a lot. I don't younger. really know why they should could use a third center though. Like Allen's back. I don't know if they need it, but what if and, Allen and, goes out? And realistically, Nance and or Wade out? and or Love could do that some. It's nice like, to have another option. There's just nothing offensively right now. And defensively, I, I don't even really know what he, he is providing for them. I guess a situation that I could see play out for him is you sign him to like a rest of season
0: deal with like a non-guaranteed option yeah, for next like season. The Dean Wade stuff. Well, I, I don't even think it would before. be a Dean Wade contract. It would be like sign him for like give him what Tyler Cook got with Detroit. Basically a deal for the rest of the season, a non guarantee for next season. You could waive him in the off season. Is that what we did with Jordan
3: Bell before? Uh sort of, yes. Jordan Bell okay. obviously like It was it, like a, a guaranteed set amount of money. It was like three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Well he's like he's guaranteed like the, Yeah, okay. He's guaranteed this season's
0: salary. You keep him around in the offseason. You can waive him and sign him. Or you don't even need to waive him, but you can just keep him around until, like, next training camp and just give him an opportunity to make the roster then. That way, you keep him around all offseason if you are interested in having him. It's basically just that. You have him under contract. You have him in your system. You can work with him. And if after this offseason, you still don't see anything, you can just cut him in training camp. But I think, like, He's not needed to play minutes right now. It would just be about a development thing and an injury insurance thing. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm just honestly just like playing devil's advocate, frankly. That's
0: fair. But I I do think that there's like a real chance that he does stick around. Um, Like I said, I think – I don't know if I'm – I'm with you that he's not a power forward. He is a center flat out. Um, But if you think you can work with something on the shot to make him a legitimate stretch five – um if you think that you know he can provide something as a room protector i i, I understand the idea of keeping him around long term especially like is there anybody else out there right now that are, like thinking strictly centers that like is a better option than Fiandu? i mean we've talked about Scalabissier. is there anyone that like intrigues you right now as an alternative
2: oh mo wagner
0: Didn't mo wagner expect- is one mo There's wagner, wagner is somebody that is that is a fair one
3: what would you think of that dan I, I'd be fine with Mo. Why not? Um, at least, like, there's there's offensive skill set that you actually like can define with Mo Wagner right now, and I, that's just my my hang up on the, the Fianu thing. I, I don't really know what offensive like tangible qualities he really actually is having that would like. I, I just I don't know. I just don't know what. If there's like any upside at this point, I, I've I was
0: completely I think wrong about Cam I think that there's some upside. I, he's very wrong. I don't know if he'll reach it, but I think that there's something there. To but work he's with. not really that like he's not
3: that young. where it's, it's like how old is Fiondu at this point? Well, he was like 20, he was in college for two right? seasons at a at a very good program that develops generally bigs pretty 23. well. Yeah, he's twenty three. Like so, that, but that's not. Like at least with, I don't know, at least with Marquise Bolden. I, like I could I could understand like there was some tangible skill set, and Kevin Gelly is is not really like the screening really from it has not been very good either. I don't. He's just like his size. Like he like he seems strong, but it just doesn't seem like it's functional at all. I, I don't know. I, I, I just I, I couldn't. Have, I'm just honestly just completely refuting myself from what <laughs> I what I wrote, and I, I I feel bad saying all this stuff, but I just I, I don't really see why they'd keep him around. I just don't see it. My gut feeling right now is that they sign him for the rest of the season, give him one
0: more non guaranteed year, and keep him around until next training camp, and just see how he develops in the off season. That is my initial gut feeling. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I, I'm not like confident in saying that it could very well just it's, you know. It's just like another them.
3: young. It's just like another developmental guy that you have to that you're considering giving, like looking to give minutes to. I, I'd just rather not. Well, isn't that, what you're take... gonna... isn't that what you're going to? Isn't that what you're going to do know. anyway? Isn't that like the other
0: alternative? Is like find another young guy.
3: But and... but there's just been very little promise shown. Like just very That's little. Fair. And but then, why did he get another I don't ten, know, I don't know, ten know ten. why you'd be wasting minutes on him with the can charge, I guess. I, I don't. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, I'm going off here. but Maybe, okay, maybe not a 0% chance. I'll say, like, I guess based on your rationale, I'll say like a 32% chance. I'm going to give it a 50% chance. I
0: do. you got to give a percentage. What's what, percent chance uh, that Fionnou sticks after this? That was candidate. for
3: his three-point shooting percentage,
2: 32%. <laughs> okay, there you go. I'm not sure. I mean, anything can happen. I'll, I'll give it like, I'll say 25% chance that he sticks around.
0: Okay. I think that's fair. I think
3: that that's reasonable. Fiondo, please please prove me wrong. I, I just I don't see it with the Cavs. I just don't. Prove him wrong, Fiondo. Dean Wade, I, re- you wrong. I still really wanted Chris Silva, for the record. That's the guy I wanted. Yeah.
0: Uh, hey, that's that the, could be a the guy they look at in the off third off five.
3: That was the guy.
0: That's the, someone they now. could look at. He's with the Kings. That was the their Kings. Oh, and the they, they, so they, Him
3: and Mo So they
0: didn't wave him then? No, they still haven't. They waved Fiondo oh. Calvin Galey. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, that's. Well, that's true. Well that goes to show you Chris Silva can hoop. Yeah, hey, I I I like Chris He Silva. sticks with the Sacramento Kings, he can he can hoop. Let's
0: move into Jeremiah Martin a little bit. Uh who we previously said um the Cavaliers did just sign today to a two-way contract. If you're listening to this tomorrow, then it will be tomorrow. But um Was on a two-way last year with Brooklyn. uh, Appeared in nine games. uh, Started every game that he played in for the Long Island Nets in the G League bubble this year. Uh, I believe it was like 15 games. Uh, Put up 18.5 points, five assists, four rebounds, two steals. Uh, 24 years old at this point. uh, Point guard about Uh, 6'3". Thinner guy, but has shown some scoring instinct, I think, both at the NBA and G League level. Uh, The outside shot is not really something... That seems to be much of a factor, but you look at the other guys who we have at that position kind of being backup point guard. Damian Dotson. I don't, I haven't checked his three-point percentage in a while, but he hasn't been playing much. I don't think it's hovered too much from 27%. Uh, we know what Delhi is at this point from outside. Um, I guess I'll start with you on this one, Amadou. What do you think of the Jeremiah Martin signing? One that I personally really didn't see coming, but I, I'm not opposed to him at the moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked about... The Cavs looking to sign, you know, just more point guards, shot-creating guards. Obviously, his name didn't come out because we didn't think too much of him. But, I mean, I like it. Uh, The Cavs somewhat got a good look at him. Um, I think his career high, 36 points in the G League, was against the Can Charge uh, about, what, I think it was like a month ago or something like that. But like you said, it's a guy who, he can't really shoot the ball, but he can do, you know, a lot of other things. Just watching back at that uh, Can Charge game, he's pretty good at finishing around the rim. Um, I think you know, he's just kind of that slasher type of point guard. Um, can facilitate decently. Um, average, I think, two point three steals per game in the G League this year, which was um, good to see. So, yeah, he can. But all in all, it's just you know, the Cavs doing their due diligence on you know just a player, a young guy at that, relatively young is, is always good.
3: What do you think of the uh, Martin signing, Dan? I actually really like it. He's a bucket. Um, really shifty. Uses hesitations well for a guy, as Amnu said, that frankly can't shoot the ball, um, is ridiculously quick. Uh, it's it's hard to believe that. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Like to me, he's way more of a viable player than like Chris Chioza. Um Really, like really, really quick, uh, and really maximizes what he can do uh, for a guy that really can't shoot it. Really, from range, well, um, puts a lot of and, pressure and on the rim, yeah. Just like he's he, he is always going to be somehow getting to the basket, um, uh, just so hard to stay in front of with how his um change of direction is, his feel for um, getting to his spots in the lane. Uh, uses he like head fakes well, just really like herky jerky, and I mean that in a good way. Um, and is is capable as a passer or not? Like I don't really the vision's fairly limited, but um, just a guy that's a bucket and um, can pick up, uh, can pressure the ball on ball um, point attack defense. Defense is is a strong suit for him, even though he is thinner. Um, but can be somewhat of a pass in, the, in that way, and uh, does time up things well in the passing lanes. Uh, so I, I like it. Amadou, looking at the current backup
0: point guard situation, obviously having Deli back has been nice, Uh, just as kind of a stable veteran presence in that second unit, Uh, ball mover, just... And for the record,
3: this guy is like the anti-Matt Mooney, so... The antithesis of Matt Mooney, that's why I like it. He
0: is the antithesis of Matt Mooney. Um, Aggressive, can't really shoot, but... Yeah, I, I, I like that, Dan, I like that comparison. Or rather... Yeah. But looking at what we have in, in Matthew Delvadova right now, uh, Damian Dotson, who really seems to be just like a nothing as far as, like, guys who are actively going to contribute to the rotation on an average night. Um, what do you, do you think that a guy like Jeremiah will have a, a real shot at kind of earning backup point guard minutes as the season comes to a close?
2: Um, I would definitely hope so, just because at this point in this time, Matthew this is not a backup point guard for him a team that's looking to contend for a playoff spot at the very least. Um, you just talk about a guy like, you know, I've said previously, the jumper just isn't there. He has, he doesn't have that lightning quick, fast, you know, quick first step or something, you know, like Jeremiah has. The facilitation obviously is there and that's great. You know, he's a, he's a veteran point guard, you know, he's someone who can you know slow the offense down when it needs to be slowed down. Um, he's always looking to make the right pass, but I, I, <laughs> Unless it's like you know a locker room, you know bench type of role, I just don't know if Matthew Dellavedova or at least I hope not, you know, has has a has a on the court type of major role for the Cavs in the future. But yeah, I would definitely hope that Jeremiah, you know, has that opportunity. At this point in time, I I believe that you know the Cavs just probably looking to you know it's 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 about you know player development at this point rather than trying to make the the, the plan just because you know we've lost those two games against the Bulls. I think we're. How many games back? I think we're three and a half games back. I think still? we're still at three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Um, it's tough. Obviously, this was the time to, you know, surpass, like, the Bulls. Zach Levine will be back soon. The Wizards are starting to play much, much better. The, the Raptors are playing good basketball. So, yeah, I think, you know, the Cavs should really look at player development over, you know, maybe trying to make the play. And I mean, you can still try to make the play, and of course. You know, I'm not saying just actively tank, but, you know, I, I, would, I would be happy if the Cavs would look to, you know, get Jeremiah acclimated and try to see him as a backup point guard rather than Vidova.
0: Are you kind of in the same boat here, Dan? And obviously we, we talk about losing Tarian and just the offensive blow that that's going to mean for that second unit. Uh, Martin could be someone who kind of comes in here and provides a little bit of that spark in the way that Tarian was able to. Do you think that he has a real shot at you know breaking into the rotation and stealing some of those kind of backup point guard minutes?
3: Yeah, I could see it. Um, just with the as four Dotson, um, as Fior said in his report, yeah, um, yeah I think it's a possibility uh, just as a guy that um, with the Prince injury, it's just a, another, uh, well, I guess it's a guy that can shot create some um, and at least put pressure on the rim, um, which is something that the second union really didn't have other than Prince. And that's not even really what he does not like really his M.O. anyway. Um, I, I think it's, yeah, it's a guy that could bring you some pop, um, some energy. He's going to make some mistakes, but uh, I, I would rather a guy that in this situation is going to do that than do the Matt Mooney and just like not even shoot and, and not really look to make plays. Um, I, I'd be for that. Um, it's a guy that can get to the basket, can't draw some free throws. Um, it's at least, it's like a threat out there is, is – like I guess rudimentary as that sounds, but yeah I, I think it's a real possibility just as, as a guy to k- kind of give you some juice off that bench yeah
0: before we get out of here guys um I think it, it was it was Zach Weiss on Twitter uh, at across the Cavs. put out a start one bench one cut one with a couple of calves. I gotta get your takes on this before we get out of here Lamar right. Stevens Dean Wade. Isaiah Hartenstein. Amadou, we can start with you. Start one, bench one, cut one.
2: Um, In this scenario, I'll probably start Dean Wade. Um, I like his shooting, of course. He's a guy, just like Hartenstein, honestly, you can always make the right play. But between Lamar Stevens and Hartenstein, I'll probably just bench Hartenstein and just cut Stevens. Even though I I love Stevens, you know, he's a scrappy guy. But just in this scenario, unfortunately, you know, he's going to be the one that has to go.
0: I didn't like the question uh, because I don't want to get rid of any of these guys. But uh, my, my list was the same as yours. I had Dean Wade as a starter, uh, Hart and Sign off the bench, and Cutting Lamar.
3: What was your list, Dan? Yeah, it's the same, unfortunately. It's the same. Um, okay. It wasn't, okay. It wasn't contrarian, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no hate for Lamar Stevens. Lovely um, no. guy. I just think that these other two guys
3: have shown a little bit more. And <sighs> could could make for a decent linebacker, it looks like, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, if he.
3: If you decided to change professions,
0: you probably could. But um, anything else reminded you before we get out of here tonight? Uh,
3: I did have, well, I don't know. Basically, like a key, uh, like Cavs Twitter guy, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Like that Ralph guy, like at the pull up king one. Um, Good Twitter follow up. Um, basically said, like, I don't think Delhi should be, I don't remember exactly what he said, um, but basically should be like the MBL should, should be hauling him or something like the Illawarra Hawks. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. And it, I'm bringing this up just because I basically said, no, it should be the, uh, Tasmania Jack Jumper. So wow. we had to get that, the Jack, the Jack Jumper is, uh, in there, so. Put, Put another Jack the phone, Jumper's man. reference in there. They yeah, another call. I mean, they they really should either that or I don't know if Delia would be a good coach because he I don't know if he'd ever want guys to shoot, but um, but yeah, that was that was uh, I had to get the Jack Jumpers reference in there. Well, I'm glad we
0: did. Uh, with that, we will wrap up. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Amadou, as always for coming on. A pleasure. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed listening, subscribe. Never miss a future episode. Also, if you're listening on Apple, leave a rating, leave a review. It helps out the show. And with that, we will get out of here. Um, who do the Cavs even play next? I haven't even the looked. Right, the Hornets. We got the Hornets tomorrow. I think it's. I guess Charlotte we can. Again. We can close on predictions. I don't even know what to say at this point. Um, I guess coming off the, the the high performance against the Bulls, I'll say they win this one. I'll go with the win as well. Well, there we go. Some optimism to end it. Uh, With that, thank you. And uh, we will see you next time. Hey everyone. The NBA season is underway and there is no better way to celebrate than with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under, based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today, or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started, Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.